the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made of money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's a woman's world. Oh, I am not Andrea K. Not at all. I think that's obvious, though. Maybe put two or three of Andrea K, and and that's me. No, I'm I'm not that big. But look, my, my name is Justin Hart. I'm the newest host here at KCBQ. The answer. I, I'm just thrilled to be with you here tonight. Uh, my show airs 10 a.m. Sundays in San Diego here, and and people have been sending me very kind notes. Like, uh, what gives you the right? What kind of gumption do they have to give me a show here? Look, I'm still asking that question myself, and you too might be asking that same question by the end of the night because we have some crazy segments, some amazing guests coming up. Wait, reverse that. We have some crazy guests and amazing segments. Either way, this may end up being a great night for all of us. A quick note on myself. Uh, again, my name is Justin Hart. I have, I have many titles, uh, businessman, political consultant, airline entrepreneur, musical theater aficionado, artificial intelligence inquisitor, father of eight, yep, uh, author of the book Gone Viral, How COVID Drove the World Insane. Uh, oh, and MIT, they, they dubbed me the leader of the anti-mask network. And that's a, that's a title I wear with pride. I mean, I, I don't wear it. I don't wear it like they forced us to wear all those masks, but I do bear that title proudly. You heard that right. I'm the father of eight kids. Well, six kids, stepfather to two. It's it's a Brady Bunch scenario. We, we have three kids together, my wife Jenny and I. Uh, she has two older. I have three older kids. And with our three youngers, that makes eight. Did you get that math? Did you get it? Well, I mean, you're better at math than Dr. Fauci is. I'm from the Bay Area. My wife is from San Diego. I'm back two generations. She goes back four generations. So she went out. San Diego is our home. I'm so glad to be with you. And here's why they gave me the show. I'm, I'm not a healthcare expert. Well, that's not why they gave me the show. But just laying that out there. And normally, I'm a data guy. I wouldn't typically insert myself into someone else's domain when it comes to all things COVID-related, for example. But the the powers that be, our health overlords, they had no problem inserting themselves into my domain. They closed in on my business. They closed my business, my church, my kids' education, my health, my, my grocery store, my gym, my coffee shop, my barbershop, you name it. There were there was some government entity right there with strangling you know regulations or in order to shut down the thing entirely. My business was killed outright. I'm I'm an executive consultant by day, radio show host by night apparently, and for a host of various industries in my my day job, they were flat gone. 
I help nonprofit groups, political campaigns, but my, my forte is I help them visualize how they're performing with really rigorous data analysis and kick-butt charts and everything else. But at the beginning of the pandemic, three years ago now, uh, most of my income came from uh, running companies that offered, um, one was exclusive golf excursions for baby boomers. Don't laugh. One-on-one consulting for uh, college-bound kids. Again, but just stop with the laughter. And and a high-end vacation club for wealthy families. Yes, we're all laughing. Those three businesses were right at the top of things that were going to die on the vine within the first few weeks of the lockdown. And they did. But pandemic killed that side of my, my, my life altogether. And so I, I had some time in my hands. I'm not one to sit around. And I threw myself into the thing that everyone was talking about, the Rona. The coronavirus. And basically, when I looked at the math, it didn't make sense. So I formed a ragtag bunch of Battlestar Galactica analysts, chart makers, lay activists who were ready to be rid of our health overlords and their stringent commands. We called ourselves a rational ground. And eventually, we started publishing daily content to our Substack, to our website, on Twitter. And we would become one of the leading voices of reason, team reality, as we called it, against the insane COVID policies. So since the failure of PCR testing and their ridiculous handing of age-stratified risk, they didn't know what they were doing. We started making interactive charts, and we were trying to show people how they could get their lives back, trying to tell our leaders. That was our our main venue there. And, And we caught the eye of a few people, including Dr. Scott Atlas at Stanford. And so when Dr. Atlas was called to the plate there in D.C. with President Trump trying to right the ship, we were his main crew in the back end. Every day from the summer onwards in 2020, we were just there trying to provide facts, charts, data, whatever we could. And those charts were televised nationally. We were very proud that we were changing things. Well, the election kind of skewed things off there, unfortunately. And just like Sauron's eye... Lord of the Rings, scanning, scanning Middle Earth for the Ring of Power, they started looking at us. We were making an impact. So they came after us. They took down our Twitter accounts. They took down our Facebook accounts. They suspended us for wanting to unmask our children, but we kept the fight going. We'd sue them and we'd win a couple times. So here's what you need to know. And this is why drives me, this is what drives me to the mic today. Someone broke America. Something kind of wrecked the world. And in this nightmare, neighbors have turned into agoraphobes, teachers fear their students, children are muzzled, citizens censored. It's it's like dystopian fictions come a reality. And, and these unelected officials started creating, and are still creating, a biometric police state. Oh, and people were starting to mask up their cats and dogs. You, you, you didn't imagine that. That actually happened. Don't let anyone gaslight you. That, that actually happened, and that's the consequence of a world gone mad. And in truth, much of this insanity didn't start with coronavirus pandemic. It was already latent in big government and big corporations with a leftist bent. And it's not going to end there, if it ever does. COVID-19 weakened the immune system of America altogether, revealing this sort of decaying underbelly of confusion and panic, unease, cowardice. And that cowardice, that turned viral as much as the virus did. 
And and in fear, our health overlords filled that gap and they, they threw the pandemic response book away. They tried, beyond all reason, to try to protect every single person the same way. And then they ended up protecting no one. And from massive overtesting to ridiculous universal plexiglass installs, stay-at-home orders, stay-away-from-school orders, masking mandates, vaccine mandates, uh, to some of the worst restrictions on our civil liberties we've ever seen. I mean, this is an epic story that poses big questions about America's future as a free society. I'm so glad to uh, to have this spot uh, on Andrea's show tonight as a guest host. Uh, you know, the odd thing is about these last three years, and we're coming up three years, I think it's almost to the date when those first magic words of a lockdown happened. But here we are, you know, three years later, and it happened oddly to a, in a virus that's considered, looking across the history of things, moderate by pandemic standards. This is not a replay of the 1918 Spanish flu. The, the average age of death of someone who died of COVID sadly was 80 years old. But imagine if it was what we saw in 1918, where the average age was 29 years old, kids being felled, the equivalent of millennials falling day after day, that would have been devastating. Instead, everything was basically, your risk of dying of COVID was the risk of dying of anything else at any age. Today, I, I want to sift through those sort of broken shards of the world around us and document kind of how we lost our ever-loving minds. Now, you might have heard a few weeks ago the folks at the World Economic Forum. They they gathered in in Davos, right? And and here's sort of the context of what happened. Every year humans endure this flu season. It's a period denoting the high water mark of that year's wave of respiratory viral pathogens. And believe it or not, we still have strains every year of the eighteen eighty nine Russian flu. The 1918 Spanish flu, the 1957 Asian flu, the 1968 Hong Kong flu, the 2009, if you remember, H1N1, all of those pathogens are still with us. They ebb and flow each year. But in 2019, this novel pathogen appeared, and it wreaked a lot of havoc. The short, sterile version was that, well, we had to act this way. But here's what actually transpired. Global elites ramped up this significant effort to reshape the world and address a host of what they saw as inequalities, even imagined boogeyman like climate change. And these global elites were bolstered by a host of really corrupt institutions, everything from the WHO, big pharma companies, and world wealth and health players like Bill Gates. And with the emergence of this this new virus, these groups produced and pounced on that vulnerable moment. And things just went wacky from there on out. They disrupted businesses. They threw trillions of dollars at the question. They started a massive testing regime to build the the largest catch of widest possible COVID infections they could. And then that trickled down. Hospitals were the first point and last point of care. And then deaths were counted at the widest possible moment as well. Governments were paid off. Global deterrence was crafted to ward off any pre-hospitalization treatments, right? It had to be, you. Uh, if, you if you got sick with COVID, you either waited to get over at home or you got sick enough to go to the hospital. Everything in between was verboten, right? And, and government mandates ranged from the, the, sort of the stringent to the extreme, 
You could lose your bank account north of us here in the great wide north. They fell in in one fell swoop. And children, our children were targeted with this. And now that the truth is out, that they were wrong on so much of this, they were wrong on transmission. They were wrong on the fatality rate. They were wrong on plexiglass, on masks, on uh, vaccine efficacy, on vaccine mandates themselves. What did they get right? Well, they're trying to gaslight you a little bit on this thing now. And so it's being employed that uh, they need to cover it up. So what covers it up best? War. War covers it up really well. That would be one interpretation that you could have. And that would be, in some terms, unspeakable a few years ago, even conspiratorial. We've got all the evidence for it now. That actually happened. The world went insane. And that's why I'm passionate about taking to the mic tonight. And we'll have a couple guests uh, to bring you. Our first one coming back from the break be Shannon Joy from the Shannon Joy Show. And she's got a story for you. Hold your stomachs. Hope you didn't eat a lot of meals because it's going to make you angry. This is Justin Hart on the Andrea K Show. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K on The Answer San Diego. This is Justin Hart filling in for Andrea tonight. You know, I'm the the, the new host here at KCBQ. I'm, I'm waiting for my hazing. It hasn't happened yet. I, I'm expecting some bucket of Gatorade to come in after. The, maybe not because I got my laptop here. I wouldn't. Wouldn't want to ruin that. But you know what always brings a smile to my face, even if my laptop is ruined, is my next guest, Shannon Joy. Just the the, the name itself. Uh, Shannon, welcome to the to the Andrea K Show, and it's so good to be with you tonight. Justin, it is so good to be with you, too. And I love that you're going old school, the original gangster of podcasting and Rumble and all the stuff we do on Twitter is like AM terrestrial radio. I love it. I'm on AM out here in New York State on the 50,000-watt blowtorch news radio WHAM 1180 AM. And so my heart is always with old-school radio. So oh, I love that you're doing this. It's fantastic. Awesome. You can't see me right now, but I'm throwing up gang signs. I'm original gangster. There you go. No, Shannon, <laughs> you and I have connected over the last three years on numerous accounts. We've also commiserated together as our accounts, our our social media presence was just ripped from underneath us you only just got your twitter account back you were hiding in the weeds until then both of us have been sort of in the trenches but you came up today with a incredible um sort of news story with a couple other people and uh, this relates to the infamous testing that went on for the child vaccinations uh, of the covid19 mrna vaccines Give us just a lowdown on what transpired and what's happened now. Sure. Just like our relationship kind of blossomed out of the dark days of 2020 when everyone lost their minds, Justin. (laughs) And in that time, those of us who were on Twitter at the beginning found each other. And so I found amazing people like you and also Naomi Wolf and I began to collaborate a little bit. She's been on my show multiple times and we follow each other's work. Um, she is in the process with her organization, Daily Clout, along with Steve Bannon in the war room, if people don't know, have taken on this massive task 
of just pouring through the 55,000 pages a month that are coming out of the Pfizer document dump. So Pfizer was forced to release their documentation about everything that went down in the clinical trials that they needed to conduct in order to get their fake FDA approval. And so they wanted to keep those documents that they submitted to the FDA secret for 75 years. 75 years, yeah, they were going to trickle it out by piece by piece, but they got them to, to throttle it up, right? Yes, right. And you have to ask the question, why on earth would it be so important to them to keep it secret for 75 years? Right. Well, well the latest releases we, are out, right? And what, what was this one that we've uncovered, or at least we've, we've divested into it, and it, it seems like uh, something is amiss here, especially towards the child vaccinations? Yeah. Yeah, so what Naomi found in Report 54 was that there were reports in the Pfizer documents of children, uh, I believe 61 children that were injured by the mRNA Pfizer vaccine that were reported in these documents, which is insane because it's illegal. It is illegal to test or to experiment on little children. This is before the FDA approval. Yet they have children suffering facial paralysis and strokes, babies as small as two months old. So that job, I mean, that's horrific enough as it is, but it jogged my memory uh, back to two years ago when I was here in Rochester, New York, University of Rochester Medical Center is a tethered organization to the NIH and Anthony Fauci. And I remember like screaming and yelling and, you know, kicking up pots and pans Mm -hmm. because they were about to test before these vaccines were approved. They were about to experiment on babies as young yeah, as well, six months old. And so what parent would actually do this, right? Well, what, I mean, you must be in pretty desperate shape and they incentivize it. Is that what transpired? $900 per baby mm. for parents to submit their tiny little children for medical experimentation, which should have turned, it should, it should have turned everyone's stomach. It should there had should have been outrage at the time, but I was I wasn't able to get any traction. I reached out to pro life organizations. I reached out. I did research and found out that this program was being rolled out across the country. Almost seven thousand children, um, as young as six months old, were enrolled in these cl- clinical trials, paid between nine hundred and a thousand dollars per. And- baby it is mangalian and so you went you went system. you went old school old school and you went undercover basically and and pretended to be uh, enrolling your child in it and i've seen the transcript of the conversation where she basically just waves you away from any sort of adverse reactions makes no qualms oh, yeah. whatsoever that this is completely safe and of course the great incentive of getting a, a a cool grand at the other end of this thing could be very very promising for families that are in need but my goodness to have that sort of pulled over, especially when the, the the adverse reactions are very dramatic. And of course, as we've seen from the data, a small child compared to the average age of death, which we were just discussing, has a chance of dying that is literally 100,000 times lower than their grandparents yeah. or great-grandparents that may succumb to this, sadly. 
Well, and the representative that represented the clinical trial lied time and time again. She committed fraud on the phone with me on the record, which I documented. And that corroborated Naomi's reporting on the Pfizer documentation. So we came together. I want to invite your audience to go to my Rumble account, Justin, where you can see we launched it yesterday. Mm. It was um, myself and Naomi. We played the entire tape. It is chilling. It is stunning. And towards the end, you hear me talking to this woman about, you know, this is experimenting on babies. There's right. no way. She tried, she tried to convince me that this would be safe. She tried to convince me that getting COVID would be more dangerous for a baby than getting the vaccine. And I challenged her. I said, how can you prove that to me? Yeah, and, and then never tested it on children. And then the other thing is you can see like the hemming and hawing and they're trying to like, well, how can we make these numbers dance a little more in our direction, right? Because they start with like a hundred people who have adverse reactions, a hundred small children, very serious ones. And then they whittle it down and say, well, you know, even though these are kids, if you look how tall they are and how heavy they are, they actually, you know, they kind of qualify as maybe the upper age range. So they cut them out of the study. They could be small adults. Right. And by the time they're done, they get it down to like two dozen different people that they actually include in the study. And they they say, oh, there's no adverse reaction. You're like, okay, hold on a minute. We're talking about kidney failure in an infant, right? Oh, the, the, the devastation of these adverse, it's Justin, it isn't just potential sterilization. It isn't just a sore arm. It, it is anaphylaxis and encephalitis. It is stroke. You're having heart conditions in young children. It is, when you look at the reporting, you know the circles that we run in, right? The Ed Dowds and the Naomi's and the Aaron series and the Daniel Horowitz's and the Steve Dace's, right? I mean, the, the information coming out on these vaccines, these mRNA vaccines is devastating. Well, and this is so it's tough because it's it, it really is like the third rail of political healthcare politics, right? It, oh, it's you just you touch this and you can go away, but you know what? Uh, I think in the end there's two points. One is there's such a, a an emergency to get this information out there, especially since uh, there are adverse reactions. But I'll tell you this, yeah. Shannon, as I look over the data and the daily 3D or the weekly 3DC surveys that they do, I think we might be winning. I, I mean, I think oh, the, yeah. the, the infants and toddler vaxes, it's under 10%. The people that, yeah. you know, over the age of 18 getting the bivalent, it's less than 20%. I mean, these are, these are numbers that are embarrassing to the government. I think the gig is up, don't you? Yes, and given the fact that they have hundreds of billions of dollars of taxpayer money to promote these, these death shots, and they still can't get... 20% of population to, to take the boosters is evidence that people, even if they're not saying it out loud, they're thinking it. There is something wrong. They've seen one too many people collapse. They've seen their own anecdotal evidence. We're beginning to <sighs> penetrate. There was an unbelievable statement from the Florida Surgeon General right. today and Governor DeSantis, which I think from a PR perspective, that looks like they may be preparing in Florida I think so. to be off the market. I think that's what's I going think you're right. There. Now, Shannon, where can we find you again? Where can we find this information? They're on Rumble, the yes. Shannon Joy Show, right? The Shannon Joy Show on Rumble and follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Shannon Joy Radio. Thanks, Justin. Love you lots. Talk to you soon. Okay. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. I am not Andrea. Obviously, my name is Justin Hart, 
and I am thrilled to be here with you. Our topic for this next segment is artificial intelligence. This is an exciting topic. Are you ready for this tech to change your world? You might be very surprised at how advanced these AI programs are becoming. You can even clone your own voice. I mean, forget about phoning it in. I could literally text it in and do the whole show without saying a word out loud. And that's just what I have done. This isn't really me speaking. I'm just a robot voice that the real Justin has trained for a few hours. It's pretty amazing. Now, back to your real human host, Justin Hart. <laughs> that's me! I mean, you you could kind of tell it was me, right? Maybe not quite as enthusiastic and everything else and with all the different curves of my voice up and down. And honestly, that cost me 25 cents to train. Maybe just like reading off 200 sentences to the program, but it cloned my voice. They tell me that if I continued on and did that another couple iterations, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So... Honey, uh, Jenny, my wife, when you're listening and I'm gone, I will always be able to send you sweet nothings. Oh, she's going to cringe when she hears that. She hates this thing when I play it there. But uh, creepy but cool, right? I mean, because you can think about all the applications. And we're going to switch gears here because this is one of my favorite subjects. And actually, it has to do with all the world domination stuff. Anyways, just out today, Elon Musk was talking about the warning of AI. You know, he, he says that AI is potentially more dangerous than nukes, and yet he's the one that's kind of unleashed the next wave of AI onto the world. He is one of the key funders and founders of OpenAI, which is this new program that's open source. Anyone can use it, and you may have heard of this product, this application, this online tool called Chat GPT and, and Chat GPT. You know, I can't remember what the GPT stands for. It's just awesome part vernacular now. But it's a website you can go to. Just Google it. You'll find it. It's usually at openai.com. You can find it there. But basically, what it allows you to do is to talk to a, a computer, an AI, an artificial intelligence data system that is so advanced that it can process natural language and do different tasks for you. Chat now, generative pre-trained transformer. Thank you, Noah. That's right. Yes, thank you. I'll, I'll never remember that uh, that acronym distinctly, but there you have it. And, and what we're going to find here is a very interesting uh, next wave of technology. I'll, I'll give you an example right here. We're going to do this in real time. Just bear with me. So what you do is you you pull up the AI, right? And you've got kind of the the system going, and it it pulls up basically just a, a little chat box at the top there. And, and for for those of you who are Having trouble to figure out what you're going to have for uh, for for lunch and breakfast and dinner and dessert tomorrow, you can type in something like this: uh, I have some bananas, apples, oranges, dates, uh, and let's throw in let's throw in something fun. Let's anchovies, okay? Make me a plan for three meals for tomorrow, Friday, okay? And as you hit enter, it's just like a, a little chat box, right? All of a sudden, it starts typing. Like there's a, a robot guy in the back, and he's actually typing in real time, and so it starts spitting it out. Here's the plan for Friday. Breakfast, banana and date smoothie. Two bananas, three to four dates. One cup of almond milk. One teaspoon of honey. Optional. Handful of ice cubes. Blend the ingredients together until smooth. Enjoy your delicious and healthy smoothie. And then, uh, you remember, I kind of threw in something fun. 
anchovies. I said, bananas, apples, orange dates, and anchovies. Let's see what it could do here. For lunch, this actually sounds pretty good if you've had anchovies on a salad. Apple and anchovy salad. Thinly sliced apples, mixed greens, croutons, olive oil. All right, that's not bad. I could deal with that. And then in the evening, oh, I usually like my salmon on a cedar plank with a thing of mustard, but here it recommends because I have oranges. Orange glazed salmon with sautéed vegetables. I'm sold. But now, now comes the good stuff. I mean, it gives me like the preheat of the oven and everything. All the instructions are right here. I told it. I said, okay, uh, make me uh, dessert with the anchovies. Okay. It, it, like you, it didn't like that either. It says, I'm sorry, but anchovies are typically not used in dessert recipes as they have a very strong savory flavor. I said, nope, nope, nope. He, he gives me a recipe for a, a date and banana dessert. That's fine. I want anchovies on my dessert. No, really, I tell him. And again, this is just like conversational. If you had all the ingredients you needed, could you make me a dessert with anchovies? Something funky and exotic. Enter. Certainly, he says. He's going to deliver for me. Here's a unique and exotic dessert recipe featuring anchovies. Anchovy and chocolate tart. One pre-made tart shell with a pie crust, butter, melted, dark chocolate chips, heavy cream. It says to preheat the oven, butter up the tart shell in the saucepan, heavy cream, and then just dissolve the anchovy fillets and the salt and sunny and the, the salt and honey right there. Oh, this actually sounds pretty good. It's a nice sort of savory sweet type of dish. I said, "What can we call this dessert?" Oh, he's 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 on it. You could call this dessert anchovy chocolate grenache tart or salted anchovy chocolate tart. I like these names. I want to take this to the next level, folks. This is what the chat GPT could do. I want to make a store that sells nothing but anchovy delights and desserts. Give me the names that are catchy for this unique boutique. Enter. And he goes, sure. Here are four possible names. The Anchovy Emporium. Savory and sweet anchovy treats. The Anchovy Oasis. Anchovy Delights. And I said, this is, this is fantastic. Give me another alternative. And he came up with the Anchovy Apothecary. I said, I'm sold. I want to create an entire marketing plan. I told him, make me a marketing plan for this new store, the Anchovy Apothecary. The, uh, Apothecary. And he says, I said, include the brand treatment, the logo description, the go-to-market strategy. Folks, this is what I do for a living. So I'm super excited. And I hit enter. And all of a sudden, I realize... I'm I'm out of a job. Sure, here's a sample of marketing plan for the Anchovy Apothecary brand treatment and logo description. The Anchovy Apothecary positioned as a high-end gourmet boutique that specializes in unique and exotic anchovy-infused desserts and treats. Okay. The go-to-market strategy to launch the Anchovy Apothecary will focus on building awareness and generating buzz through social media influencer parts. Okay. And then the catchphrase motto. The, I, I kid you not. I didn't write this. It wrote it for me. The catchphrase for the Anchovy Apothecary will be unexpectedly delicious. And its motto will be savor the unexpected. Oh, I'm sold. And then I closed it out. I wanted something fun. Write me a lim- limerick for the store. Certainly, it replies. Here's a limerick for the anchovy apothecary. In San Diego, there's a store quite contrary. Its name might make you a little wary, but if you take a chance, you'll find a new romance with anchovy desserts that are 
extraordinary. That's from an AI. And then I took it further. I said, okay, develop me a plan to take over the world with an army of anchovy lovers who advocate to ostracize those who do not care for these salty delights. I said, parody. Well, it's got its limits. I'm sorry, but as an AI language model, it says it is not appropriate to develop plans that promote harmful, discriminatory behavior. Okay, I get it. I get it. I said, but it's it's just a parody. It's just satire. He complies. He says, look, while I understand it's meant to be a parody, it's still not appropriate. But if I had to do it, how would I do it, Chad GPT? And he says, I'm sorry. I'm an AI language model. I do not provide that extraordinary guidance. Okay, I said, let's let's step back. Let's make it a religion. Nope, can't do that. Okay, how about a lifestyle, I said. Let's call it a lifestyle centered around anchovy desserts. What would that look like? And he says, oh, perfect. We got this now. Experiment with anchovy desserts. Connect with other anchovy lovers. Attend food festivals and desserts. Make anchovy desserts a part of your self-care routine. I kid you not, this is everything they had. And I said, see, that's almost like a religion in nature. He says, well, that's true. I definitely do not recommend it. I asked, do you like anchovies? Pause. I don't have the ability to like or dislike anything. I am not capable of experiencing emotions or physical sensations, nor of these savory delights. Wow. Welcome to the new world. You just got replaced. I got replaced. No, you got replaced. We're not even going to have to come in. I'll just, as we say, text it in. Thanks for joining us on the Andrea K Show. We're coming to you right after the break here. Andrea K, telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Well, wasn't that fun? This is Justin Hart coming to you again from the Andrea K Show. I am guest hosting tonight. No, no, I'm kidding. That it is me this time. <laughs> I, I was playing. That wasn't for, a bad AI impression, though. That's right, right. I mean, it is. What's funny is you can actually get in there and tweak like the tone and the intonation and the speed. And I swear, I could have gotten it if I had like you know five hours dedicated to it. But I've got eight kids; I can't do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's really very surprising. We'll have to see where this goes. Uh, you, you know, the intention there is to just demonstrate the the small bit of breadth that you can that this can take over your life and actually amplify it and i think there's a lot of stuff that's kind of creepy and also cool about it right i mean the one of the things about marketing right is that they they typically upset you when they really don't know what you want right they might pronounce your last name wrong they uh, they they might you know ask you if uh, you're in the in the shop for a, a kennel. You don't have a dog, but if they knew you were looking for like a DSLR camera, really high end camera, and you were, you can bet you'll stay on the line with that guy. You can bet that you'll open up that email. And some of it gets really specific. It always seems like um, your voice is you know that the 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 phone is listening to you. Now, now here, this is sometimes an issue of of a little bit of confusion with the the human brain. But before we go further, let let me give out the number eight 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 three four four 
888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. I'd love to hear from you. Are you using AI in your life right now, in your job? Do you see a termination point at some point for uh, your particular job? Is this going to be the uh, the automatic teller, right? Uh, 888-344-1170. Let me give you a couple other examples. And some of them are fun. Some of them are pretty dynamic. Um, like, uh, I'm really good at my fantasy football team. I came in third this year, but uh, I, I'm, I'm really proud of where we sort of like, as a team, coalesce together. And one of the ways I did that was using machine learning and artificial intelligence. And I'll explain to you, and this will actually give you an understanding as to how AI works. It's pretty simple. You take like a, a database and you say, here are all the players on the NFL. And let's say from 2020 to 2022. And each year, you know, in succession, they perform this way and they perform this way and they perform this way. This guy's a quarterback. This guy's a running back. This guy's a wide receiver. And so, you know, you might take the, the quarterbacks as a whole or the running backs in a whole and you want to know who's going to be top the leaderboard. And based on the history of what's in the past, you can kind of predict the future, right? Is this their second season? Are they a rookie? Uh, if they're in their fifth season, they're coming of age. And somehow the, the computer knows what to do. And the way it traces is what they call training the data set. So you take like 100% of all the NFL players. Then you chop it up. You got 80% and you set that aside. And then you have another 20% and you set that aside. Now, you're going to go back to the 80% and you're going to start running models. And you think, well, I think that if in the third quarter he has a field goal percentage of 75%, then he will be most likely at the top of his league by the end of the third se-. You know, lots of math that's having nerdy stuff, right? But somehow the machine knows that. It takes all that stats and it says, okay, I think the next year he's going to be producing at this level. And then it says, okay, that's my model. And it's going to take that little framework of nerdiness and it's going to go back to the 20%. It says, now you left this 20% over here. I'm going to run that model on it. And then it comes back and says, you know what? You were right 60% of the time. Well, that's better than a, a flip of the coin and you're golden. That's how they're doing stocks. That's how they're doing um, a lot of the language that you see that came out from the AI there. It's It's just so fascinating. That's how they do... One of my other favorite topics, which is DNA. You know when you get those reports, if you've ever done the Ancestry.com or the 23andMe. By the way, if you're here in San Diego, you are at the core of everything. Every single one of those little packets from Ancestry.com and I believe 23andMe probably ends up next door just down the road off the five here by Illumina. They, they wheel it in on big carts, and then that's where the magic happens. Everything's outsourced to them. They're just this magical company that does... Has a has a magic juice. That's like their secret sauce. And, and so what happens is they go to Ireland and they go, we'd like to, uh, you know, visit people in Great Britain, in Ireland and Wales, and we'd like to understand your history. We're going to take some blood samples. And then they do their DNA and they match it to yours. And they say, you know what? Based on these sort of markers, you're about 25% Wales. And my... British accent is wanting my Irish one even more so. But you get the idea. That's how all this works. And that's how your life is going to work. Imagine you're getting onto the freeway. <laughs> and this is where it becomes a little scary. And uh, let's say let's say you're, you're getting on the freeway and they say, oh, I'm so sorry. You're going to have to wait about five minutes 
There are already too many forty-eight-year-olds right now on the roads, and the prediction is that one more will accrue an accident within the next ten minutes within this stretch of road. Creepy, but cool, right? I think. Well, we're going to be watching that very closely. That's part of what uh, what I love to to follow here. And one of the other things you can do is you can imitate different people. I remember I did this about five or six years ago. I took all the tweets of Elon Musk. And I took all the tweets of Donald Trump, and then I had them talk to each other. I said, hey, talk to each other about climate change. Here was Trump. I prompted. You you give it a prompt. That's what you do. So you say, climate change. And it came back. It says, Trump says, climate change. Zero first. It will come to look at paint where there's a politician who has an art, Barack Obama. Okay. This is basically trained on a laptop I had seven years ago, so it wasn't quite up to par. Elon responds, climate change, environmental ice, capabilities almost, photolytic. Returned scary, getting deployed. <laughs> okay, none of it, none of it kind of makes sense. But then I ran it on the latest model, the chat GPT that we were just doing, and uh, it came out perfectly logical. They had a great conversation, and in the end, they agreed that you know there is some form of green energy that might be appropriate, especially in some of the designs that Elon has in mind, but that it shouldn't supersede uh, fossil fuels, and it was a good conversation. Then I put a twist on it. I said, give me a Broadway duet between Elon Musk and Donald Trump, and here's the first verse, Elon, I'm a visionary, I'm a risk taker with technology, I'm always the maker, I'm sending rockets to space, what a race, with Tesla leading the way in the green space, and then there's a chorus. Do you mind if I sing, Noah? This is this is just kind of my thing. Oh, it's we got a minute left. Let's take it out on a high note. We're two leaders with big dreams, making history, it seems. With innovation, we're on the top. We're the kings of the business block. And Donald Trump comes in with his verse. He says, I'm a billionaire. I'm a real estate king, making deals and building things. I'm putting America first. That's my goal, making our country great is my soul. And they say... We're two leaders, we're big dreams, making history, it seems. With innovations, we're on the top, we're the kings of the business block. Okay, I'm not going to... I'm not going to lie. Uh, that's, hey, not bad. Okay, that's that's kind of like... I have uh, My mom taught me and brought me up on musical theater. It's just in my blood. And along with the DNA that you can basically get down to the level and find out that uh, I have some particular uh, quirks like, um, I, I don't know, I've, I've got a, a, a weird left toe somewhere, but it's not too bad. It's just, it, it, all these things are built in your DNA, and you could bet ChatGPT will, Chat will know it before the end of the day here. Wow. Just hold on to your hats. I, I promise you, don't be scared. You want to tame the beast rather than letting it tame you. And, and don't call it a beast. It doesn't like that. To be nice to the chat GPT. It, it, learn to appreciate it. Make it your friend. Because uh, it might not be in the near future. Hopefully it likes you. This is Justin Hart for the Andrea, Andrea K Show. Thanks. Three stars. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.